everyone welcome to youth podcast and today i am edward your host for this podcast today's theme will be about women so i have invited two special guests to help me navigate around the theme of women today my first guest is felicia Lowe, a co-founder of q2q a mental health support group for the lgbtq community that it's been going on for three years she has a background in psychology specifically counseling how are you doing today philly i'm doing great i feel really excited to be here thank you for having me on this podcast edward Awesome. Honestly, I'm so glad that you're here knowing your credentials. I feel like you are one of the best people to talk about the topics of women. And oh my God, stop. You flatter me. Stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the second guest we have is Christine. She is a volunteer for SPOT Community Project to provide a comprehensive sex education for schools in Malaysia. A member of Suraptimist International World, she is a worldwide volunteer service organization for women who work for peace. So Christine, how are you feeling right now? Hey baby, I'm feeling great and I'm feeling excited to be in this podcast with you. And yeah, like when you approached me and you told me about the topic, I was like, damn, okay, sure. I don't mind. Okay, I love your optimism right now, baby. Like, seriously, we I just love the energy that both of you have for this. And I'm so excited because I feel like both of you have so much that you can impart today's topic. So, without further ado, babies, are you ready? Yes. I'm so ready. Let's do this. <laughs> yes. Okay. For the first questions we have is a very direct and straightforward question. How would you define a woman? So what is a woman to you? So let's start with Billy. Like, how would you define a woman? Oh, what a question to start with, Edward. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well... I think that the definition of a woman has come a lot farther in the past few decades than just being about genitals, femininity, or fitting into one specific box. Like I think with the movement now and people learning language about how we are no longer living in like a binary world, I think we have come a lot farther, like I said earlier, than just like, oh, it's just about like being born a woman or femininity and how we identify with that. I think... I think that each woman and her experience is uniquely hers mm, and yeah. to me being a woman means claiming ownership over my body and my identity and to advocate for equal rights for everyone and making sure women retain their rights to their bodies and I think that being a woman also means empowerment of both myself and to other women as well because it makes me feel like I can be whoever I want to be and do whatever I want to do 
regardless of whether like whatever anyone says otherwise yeah right that's an excellent response i love that you have made a point to identify with the fact that as a woman you're able to do anything because of the amount of like oppression that women has to face over the years because of the patriarchal hierarchy and how it is right so right, what yeah. about you christine how would you define a woman Hmm. All right. So it reminded me of the time when a, another friend of mine actually asked me what makes me a woman, just regard regardless of like my genitals or regardless of who I like am physically. What makes me as a woman? And it got me to think about that a lot. And what I've come up with is. The ability to empathize so deeply, I feel we have this really um, natural instinct to do that, and that's why sometimes we, when we project out our emotions, sometimes it can be, it can come up as a lot, quote unquote, a lot. But it's just actually how we express our emotions, and we're beings that tend to be very in tune with ourselves, and that's why. Yeah. It just got me to think about how we're also quite intuitive with things like that's how our brains somehow like that's how the chemistry works, the brain chemistry, and that's something that I've been familiarizing myself with a lot. Is like how can my brain work differently than a male, and it's just making it's been making me feel empowered, and it helps me feel like an empowered woman. And just like how Philly said that, like feeling empowered helps other women or other people feel more encouraged to be themselves and yeah. feel empowered. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Like seriously, just listening to you talk about the strength of women. Like we've always heard that men are always more superior, although we've been taught that, and it's not fair. And we always see like intuition or like women are so much more weaker because of that emotions. But no, mm-hmm. it's time to like embrace the strength in like intuition because. You know, it is usually being dismissed. Yeah, and and usually when as soon as we have this gut feeling, so what clouds this gut feeling or this intuition is our self doubt within ourselves because we've somehow we've grown up like for me personally, I've grown up in a society where I couldn't really. Uh, I felt like I couldn't believe my very gut feeling. I would just straight away start feeling anxious about it, and it's. And when I read about the fact that well, generally women can are really intuitive, I was like, wait a minute. Actually, I do have some past experiences that made me feel like, okay, I think this this does not feel right. But then when I go for it, and then it actually turns out to be like a, an experience that I had. Intuitively felt, I was like, "Oh damn, okay. I think I need to trust my gut more." Yes, gotta trust our guts more, girl. I just live for that. So we've talked so much about like how women have more intuition than men, and like there are some differences uh, or a lot of differences between men and women. So what do you think about the standards that are created to differentiate between men and women? So Philly, do you think women are held at a different standard than men, and how so? 
Oh girl, we about to get into it. Yes. <laughs> um, well, simple answer is yes. I think so. There are still such like prevalent double standards that are happening in a multitude of contexts in so many different industries, whether it be in the household, in the workplace. You know, like women are definitely held to different standards than men. And it, not to say that men don't have expectations on them as well. But I think that these expectations that we have of women in society, even though there are, have been amazing movements to break these, air quotes, so-called ideals, that women are so far more scrutinized and like it's so damaging to women compared to men, like these expectations, right? Because you don't see a successful businessman in his late 30s being asked when he's going to settle down and have a family you know but with women like it's so scrutinized whenever they want to find that balance for themselves uniquely whatever whatever that may look like for each individual woman like the balance between like career and family and whatnot it like the expectation there in itself is so heavily scrutinized and it's just it's harmful to women in society if not right. like maybe one individual can take it but as a society the way that we are kind of pressing these expectations on women like it's definitely apparent that there's different standards for women than men right honestly sometimes i also make a point to see that there's a lot of double standard i know it's kind of like rich coming from me someone who is a cisgendered man but i do see that for women i'm being raised by strong women in my household and i see how much that they have taken by men in society treating them some sort of way and they are constantly having like the double standard and now sometimes i hear them speak like especially my mom she has also kind of like accepted the double standard that has been created by people in the past in her life that has applied it to her so she always like i can see her talking to my sister and say you know don't slouch or why are you looking like that why is that you're very very like why are you sitting like that there's just a mm-hmm. double standard she would never say that to me because i'm a boy and that in particular i've never understand so mm-hmm. i get it like that's mm-hmm. just unfair yeah i feel like people like to nitpick a lot at like women's behavior and like how we should behave and how we should act how we should talk and all that and trying to fit us into like these boxes and these ideals but i just think that the woman can do whatever she wants to do you know Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, I live for that. Honestly. Yes, yeah. women can do whatever they want. Just as capable. Yes. Well, so what do you think, Christy, about the standards between men and women? Um, I feel that yes, historically there there's a stand there's a difference between the standards between men and women and even currently and culturally as well. Um, What I've been noticing is that the system is more built for men like the system is not entirely built for women. Um when I say that I don't mean by like it's so disadvantages that we can't do much like the system was just how these women back in the days when the first wave of feminism just started was when they just needed their the the vote I mean their right to vote and then their right to work to their right to having better pay like that's how it all started because the system historically has just generally benefited men a lot more than women 
Mm. So when we're when we're coming back to this current day right now, there are still sta- different standards between men and women, uh, whereby we still face a lot of sexual harassments. We still face uh, the male gaze. The male gaze is like so prevalent right now, especially in the media, and because mm. of that, like men, the way the media or the public view women is so. Um, what do you say? faced it's like they don't have the true like uh, the real image of what a woman can be like except Absolutely. for how they portray it on the media for the male gaze so these things have been have always been there it's been ingrained historically it's been ingrained to cultures as well and i feel it's really important to be aware of these kind of standards especially in a society like this as we are growing as individuals as we are facing as we are going through this pandemic as well it's mm. it's good to become more aware of all of these things and help one another's lives be better mm-hmm. like, yeah totally agree yeah. i love the point that you made about like the system originally not being favorable to women yeah um not because i love it because it's like yes we're like mm. i i love it because of how far we've come exactly. and like in womanhood and how much we've had to stand our ground and advocate for exactly. ourselves in a world where expectations and challenges weren't fav- favorable to us yeah. you know and we've had to show up and we've had to fight and like prove yeah if not to anyone else that to ourselves yeah. that we are capable exactly and that we can get it done yeah yeah yes like this is pretty much like reclaiming womanhood and mm. like that has been destroyed for generations because of how men have put an idea yeah. of who a woman is not just yeah. to their own like men but also women themselves yeah. mm. just like how philly was mentioning i mean i think one of you is talking about how your mother would nitpick on the small things that your sister would do and that is exactly like it just sounds like what um a man said years and years like hundreds of years ago on how a woman should be like and how a woman should act like it's just it's so deep rooted in like from generations ago that it's just it's come up to this it's come up to parents mothers saying that to their own daughters mm-hmm. mm, absolutely so it's wow it's just so much double standards and also the enabling of stereotypes right yes. what like the stereotypical women should be this you know she, uh, she should sit properly she should sit with grace she should be clean she should shave her legs yeah and it's all in favor of who <laughs> <laughs> yeah the male gaze the male oh, gaze yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like so, oh. What it's it's so important for us to educate ourselves about this, so that we are reminded that we have every right to feel empowered as who we are um, as individuals, in- instead of listening to all of these things around us. Like we are who we are, and we don't have to act a certain way just to uh, what just to please the male gaze. We, I mean, we will do what we want, and we will do it respectfully. So because generally. 
hopefully that is what that's how we are like as well we're like this would be a lot more respectful <laughs> than mm-hmm. men. Um, but just trying to say that when we educate ourselves that on the fact that we don't have to be in a certain way and we can just be as respectful and just be as accountable as uh, to be a good person that is what matters rather than conforming to the male gaze yeah mm, that's like a lot of good points so okay so the next question is we've been talking about the standards being different for men and women so why do you think there is a divide between a woman's salary and a man's salary like why is there like a salary gap between women and men if both of them are working the same jobs so let's start with Billy on this one You can't not ask me about the economic divide between men and women and not expect me to talk about gender inequality. So let's get into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it, it really does boil down to the fact that gender inequality is still prevalent not only in this country but across the globe. Mm-hmm. I think um, there was a study done by the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, about how gender equality is strongly associated with income inequality. Um, over time and across countries of like all income groups, right? Mm-hmm. And they found that while the gender pay gap has decreased in the past couple of decades in most countries, men still tend to earn more than women up till this day, which is false. But like, yay, progress and whatnot to like the decrease in the gender pay gap. But not only that, in many countries, like girls and women still have the challenge of inaccessibility to education, health, finance, and like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even sexual health, you know, compared to boys and men. And you can see that it's really prevalent in certain third world countries, but you don't really have to look there. You can just look at even first world countries where specifically income inequality and like the way women are treated in the workplace and how they are expected to behave and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going on a tangent right now, but basically yeah. my answer to that is it would just be the fact that gender inequality is still something that we are deconstructing and we are working towards um, fixing that because it is a problem and it's still a problem. And hopefully within this next decade, we can start to see some really progressive change. Well, I hope so. So, yeah. In Malaysia, is it any different than it is to like, let's just say, an Ameri- in America? What do you think, Billy, about like how it is economically? Economically, I think yes. If you ask me to boil it down to like several factors, the one at the top of my head right now is just the way Malaysia is institutionalized. Like, so Malaysia is a country that has many, many regulations and a government that majority and primarily stems from Islamic rule, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that is one of the main difference um, in Malaysia to other Western countries. And it's because of the religious beliefs that kind of have formed the way this country is run and the way this country, air quotes, work. Like, mm, yeah. there is already that standard there on women. Like, the the way the gender pay gap has been voiced out to be not equal in this country has definitely been more 
more adamant. Like you can't ignore it anymore. Right. And I think we're working to that. But the factor that I think I like to believe contributes to that the most is just the way this country was founded on is into institutionalized religious beliefs. They have kind of formed political structures, corporate organizations and whatnot. I hope I'm making sense. It does make sense. And when we think about like also people in politics, why is it that 80% to 90% of them are men and only 10% are women? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is very bad. The statistics of women in politics or women in a lot of different organizations is atrocious because of how many men are there compared to women. And women mm. are subjected to uh, taking only specific jobs that fit the description of like a religious belief, like what you said, Billy, of what mm. they should do. So women are more appropriately placed in jobs that are very focused on like helping kids or or to fit in within like the stereotypical role of caretaker, mm. right? Mm. Yeah, so, and it's still apparent because like you, you can tell it's not about capability. Like women right. are just as capable as some men, you know, if not more than some men. I won't go around naming names because like I don't want to get blacklisted from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like everything that you said, I live and also I agree. Um, what about you, Christine? What do you think about like the economic difference between men and women? Personally, from my experience, I have noticed that it is still existing. Like it still exists in this in this current day and age. Um, I am also aware of how much things have changed from like from just years ago, and how the like Philly mentioned, the gender pay gap has reduced over time. However, I do notice that we still do have that, even in, in Malaysia and South Asia, um, from Sri Lanka, where I'm from as well. Um, how I deal with it personally is I acknowledge that I have the privilege to look for to have the flexibility of looking for a job specific with a specific work culture where they embrace the women that they had at work in the company and women are treated equally and it has that kind of environment where we we will feel safe to work and be do our best and there are uh, female leaders in um, the company as well so culture progressive yes so that that those are the small things that I try to look for when I look for a job and of course like I have that privilege for me uh, for myself and like Philly mentioned the reason why we also that like we also see there is a gender pay gap because a lot of women aren't given the equal chances to study to uh, get an education to see how they can take care of themselves independently because of how culturally women are meant to be more to themselves and meant to be uh, the primary caregivers in their families like generally that is how it is in a lot of societies in this day and age that still practice these norms and something that I would also like to mention is just because it's normal doesn't mean it's healthy doesn't mean it's bringing the best out of the situation and this is what we're trying to bring awareness to is that there is gender pay gap still 
no matter and sometimes no matter how much we work hard and how many hours we actually put in we still don't get recognized for our efforts and unfortunately there are places that are still like that and we want our objective like what we are still fighting for or what we're still trying to achieve is to have to be in a system where we have each other's back right that's like the biggest thing because at the end of the day like as much as men can like try to tear down women and um, make them put them inside a box what makes it worse is if another woman brings out another woman you know exactly. bring them to the level of like lower than them so that they can move forward no mm. it should be you know women are for women that we should embrace one another and work towards each other right mm Yeah. Yeah. Like, and we need more male allies. We need allies as well that will continue to advocate for these things for women so that we will continue to have more spaces where we could fully express our individuality and be our best and show what we are capable of because that is we deserve that pay like maybe much more than your male colleague like yeah <laughs> I, you know, i did all the courses i stayed overnight up or overnight this guy just just said that he happens to be good at this but he has no practice like okay this is my personal experience so yeah okay but yes christine i get it it's like just because they said something or he is a capable man in one particular order he's more accepted to a job or either gets a job easily compared to a woman that that doesn't make sense and exactly um like another thing that i've noticed is most of us tend to doubt ourselves more than like another male friend of ours and i've noticed this as mm-hmm. when people would ask me oh like you know would you ever consider this job or that job my first answer would be like oh i don't think i'm that experienced if you ask the same question to for another like male friend of mine they'll just say oh yeah i guess I'm like i'll i'll try that because they have that confidence already ingrained in them that they can definitely do it whereas growing up for me as a girl um as a south asian girl growing up I felt that I didn't feel as empowered as my uh male like friends for example. Yeah. I see. Uh and it stems from the uh, a place of like not being able to get a job easily because of, you know, being a woman, right? Christine? Yeah. It's like it's not being it not being able to get it there's that part that's there and there's also this part where we don't really believe in ourselves fully to actually take that step because because for me growing up the the kind of image that we have about the outside world is a little scary it's like it's not it's not made for women it's like if i were to be a secretary for example there is a chance that maybe my boss might harass me this is I'm not talking about it like as um who I like as where I am right now today but there are women that have these thoughts that come across their head when they're applying for these for 
like a personal job like that like it's supposed to be a secretarial job where you just do something i mean you you help assist your um, your employer but then it, there is that very fine line of still facing harassment in a place where um it's supposed to be safe so there are these kind of little like, small experiences that tend to discourage a lot of women to want to work outside and um it's disheartening because there is so much that they can achieve but because of these experiences there are some women that are are less likely to feel like they can do it because yeah and there's this whole age thing as well if they're young you know and they're all be pretty and preppy they can get anything but as they get older you can see how um some employers tend to not want to hire them because they're not young enough for example mm-hmm. like there are these small yeah. little things like where we're coming back to the double standards again where if for example we have these things where like oh when we're applying for a job we're not really young enough we're not that nice enough we look more intimidating we're a little bit more masculine there's there are these things that come up and it really does uh, affect uh how women would want to apply like for when they want to apply for a job mm, these are really like important things actually as i am like listening to you right now i'm also realizing and learning that there a lot of these things that actually do affect women you're right it's always seen like women have to be a certain way given to jobs and mm-hmm. when we look at someone who is older who is an older man we always see oh yeah sugar daddy we can go and mm-hmm. like get money from them but we see someone who is a very strong independent single woman in her mm-hmm. 40s and you think why hasn't she had like a family yet or yeah. like yeah. exactly like There's that double standard there Yeah, and it's like is she it must have been cuz she's too masculine or she Yeah. It must be so annoying or like she must have stepped on she should like, focus on work for too much long. Exactly, focus on work. I hear that all the time. <laughs> like what's wrong with that? You know, right? Yeah. Embrace women in their full capacity no matter where they are. And mm-hmm. they would oh, I also noticed something. It's like it uh This is some like men locker room thing, so I I went undercover because like you know, uh, me being like a queer person, a queer man, I like to like listening to conversation, but you know, of men that I don't like, but like I just listen anyways in the locker room. They always like talk about like masculine women and assume straight away that they are lesbian just because they're very independent. They're masculine. They focus on work. They're so driven. All of the most like um, empowering terms. They straight away assume things about them. Like it blows my mind. Why would they actually assume that, right? So I would like to ask you, what do you think about that? I think that men locker room talk, like straight up, is just nasty. Um, I commend <laughs> you for your bravery for sitting through that because, yeah, some of the things that. men assume about intimidating strong women is just is so damaging to the perception of women in general and i just in my experience like hearing that kind of talk like it it's almost like there is a part of me that wants to put my voice in and just be like you're wrong and like you 
like explain myself and justify myself but then I feel like and this is I think uh, a lot of women can kind of resonate with this experience or this feeling I am so tired of having to have to be that voice to tell to tell men like you're wrong like what you're saying is not right it's inappropriate i'm so tired of having to tell men that all the time yeah christine have you had experiences like that please tell me i would love some like women's solidarity right now <laughs> yes of course multiple times and i went through a time where i really wanted to be like yo that is really stupid and like mm. you need to get in this way and that way but I've learned that they're not always up to listening mm. and mm. they're not up to actually changing their behavior. So it's like I would just be like, "Haha, okay, sure. If that how if that's how you think of it as an okay, like it's like that is so your problem, not mine." <laughs> yeah. But but also it is important to advocate for these things, but but I also feel that there's a lot of time especially with locker room talk it's really not the, it's it's a tough space to advocate for for cutting shutting them out or for calling them out for these things mm. and i feel that what better way for us to help advocate for these things is when our other male friends speak up because exactly. like Philly mentioned we're really tired like of educating these men and telling them like no that is not how you talk about women like yeah. this is where i mentioned that we need more male allies where there's this guy he's talking smack about women and then there's someone that is just like just another person who's like also a male asian etc etc is said telling him that hey no that is not actually how you talk to them like them when they speak up i've noticed that these other boys or these other men they actually do listen because mm. we're all tired please help us like we're you know the system is kind of built for you but i'm also trying to be bros with you and like and uh have a and still coexist with you and this is how you can help <laughs> exactly god if more exactly if more male allies spoke up like that like the world would be a much more peaceful place yeah. and a lot more more like socially responsible you know <laughs> right and it's not just being a social justice warrior just because you're saying that no it's because do you not understand the thing that you're saying is damaging yes yes <laughs> right mm. it's like this is that this is your prerogative clearly because i completely think differently and that i feel is much healthier than what you are thinking Mm-hmm. Mm. So, oh, there's a lot of good points about uh, it. So, shall we move to like the next question? Okay, this one is a bit heavier. So, trigger warning for everyone. So, in Malaysia, a lot of times, men or boys would joke about. So, trigger warning is about rape and sexual assault. So, these men and boys would joke about rape or sexual assault. So, what do you think about it? And do you have anything that you want to say? Uh, let's start with you, Philly. 
there are so many thoughts in my head that revolve around this. And when you ask me that question, I think like the the first thing that pops into my head is a question. It's a very simple question, and it's when will we stop joking about things that aren't funny? Because sexual assault and rape culture isn't a joke. It's not funny, and it shouldn't it shouldn't be romanticized or made in a comedic way. Like it should not be taken lightly. Yes, we should be having conversations about it. But if you're not going to take it seriously, there's not going to be progressive movement towards correcting our actions, our thoughts, and behavior towards talking about this. And yes, starting that conversation of confronting somebody like, oh, you made this statement that was a little bit uh, inappropriate about like rape culture. Like starting that conversation can be difficult with someone, but I think it's also important to. Like as a sexual assault survivor, I I have a lot of thoughts on this, and whenever like it is both, I have instances of if I am around people that make jokes that I am uncomfortable with or I think that I just shouldn't be joked about, I just tell them straight up. Like it's easy for me to be like, that's not funny. That makes me uncomfortable, and you shouldn't be joking about that. So I don't think you should joke about that anymore. Yeah, yeah, right. And then there are other instances where. People will say things that are inappropriate, and I just clam up. Like I just kind of,、mm. you know, curl up in my shell. And it can be hard to. It's a lot to expect on someone to constantly speak out and constantly be like, "That's wrong. Don't do that." Yeah, but yeah. but you you have to understand that a lot of people unfortunately go through these experiences and carry that with them through their lives. Oftentimes without talking about it, because we've heard so often, oh, it's your word against his, or it's your word against hers,、mm. you know. And we feel like we won't be believed. And it's so it's so much easier to condemn the person that's pointing the finger rather than condemn the person they're pointing the finger at. If that makes sense.、Mm. You know, it it takes a lot of work, and I still think we have a lot to do in society, like to work towards a world where people can feel safe to even start the conversation, or to have conversations with somebody with different beliefs, and try to either understand both perspectives or to be open to a change in worldview. Because、mm-hmm. I think I think that's where it starts, and it can be difficult. But yeah, rape culture isn't a joke. We、yeah. should stop joking about things that aren't funny because it's not funny. Exactly. So, like, I agree with you, and I'm so sorry that you had to go through what you've gone through, Kitty, about you know the instances of sexual assault. Ask. So I saw something along the lines as well that is very similar to.、Uh, It's not even my sister or like my friend's experience, but listening to it made me felt very uncomfortable. Is the、mm-hmm. fact that there is a guy that posted online to and it is conversation in Malay lah. I don't exactly know what was being said, but I saw like the translated version of what the conversation was about, and then he said this to a girl confidently. He said that、uh, you、uh, you work with a bunch of big guys, so you're lucky that you're not alone with、uh, like us at night. Something along the lines like that.、Mm-hmm. It'd be more dangerous to be with us than you walking out at night alone. And he's meant it as some like a joke or something. And like when you think about it, like oh my god, like it, this is people who you work with, and he said things like this. Like, do you not filter what you're trying to say? Do you not understand the concept of like comprehension of what you just said? 
there's there's so many lah. Actually, it, it doesn't like this is just one instance of like uh, rape jokes. There are more, and I feel like it is not being said because men always, like we've already mentioned, have these locker room talks. So all these conversation and jokes are usually in the locker room because they want to keep it within the guy, you know, guy circle. And then sometimes one or two jokes go out, and then then only they will be faced with, oh, you know, uh, people are attacking me, or I meant it as a joke. Why, you know, it's all for Joe, and it's not fair, mm-hmm. right? We have like a a, a student, right? Ain Husniza, who yes, uh, who stand up against the teacher who had like a, a rape joke. He was joking about rape and like basically portraying rape culture in the classroom, which was just so inappropriate. Exactly, and it's like. There are people that also protected him, right? Definitely online and also like in the classroom. And it's ridiculous that there are people that actually believe in what he say and like backing him up and allowing and enabling the way that he speaks. Hmm. And it was just disappointing to see an educator perpetrating this kind of values. In a classroom with such young people, like these were kids in a classroom, and this this is their teacher making rape jokes and joking about things that really shouldn't be joked about. I am so grateful that one student spoke up about it because I I personally have been in classrooms where things like that have been joked about and shouldn't be joked about, and like. Just in my experience, when no one spoke about spoke about it, it just made me want to curl back into my shell some more and just like internalize my anger towards the situation. Like, how did we as a society come to this where it was okay to let our educators and our the the people that's supposed to be influencing our youth talk about this in such a way that right. Like, Enabling this behavior, which is clearly not what we want to pass on to our children, I don't think parents would have been okay if they know that the teacher was saying something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. And just to be a student to a teacher that speaks that way, it creates the fear that we've been talking about earlier on, right? The fear of going into the world and having the male gaze constantly in men's mind about who I am as a woman, right? It's ridiculous, and I feel yeah. like we really, really need to uh, reinforce education, right? Towards uh, yeah. all of this, have I the think- younger generation know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's not so much men's responsibility, but The responsibility of people who have authority, people in places of power, mm. like you have the responsibility of passing on these values right. to the generation of tomorrow. And like, is this really what you want to be teaching people that it's okay to joke about rape and sexual assault? Like, it's really not okay. And I don't think, like, I am glad that the generation now and the world that we're living in has. Become so much more bold and brave about speaking out against situations like this because I'm I I will be honest like I never thought that someone would speak up about this like when I was growing up when I was a little girl I thought this was just something that I had to internalize and like 
the most I could do was like tell my friends about it and have that kind of solidarity. But then now we have more than that. We have so much more than that than just solidarity. You know, we have a movement against this, and we want to stop this from ever happening again. And that takes not only the actions of an individual but a collective. Beautifully said. And like recently, we had the Women's March, correct? Mm. That was held, and I feel like that is a perfect place to find allies and women who come together and find that you don't have to venture this alone, and that you know what you're feeling is all very valid, right? Mm. And that there are more of is giving a space, know. giving a voice to the people that have stayed silent for so long, Absolutely. and giving. And it's giving them the opportunity to speak out, and I think that in itself is—I wouldn't say it's enough, but it's definitely a good start. Mm. Yeah, there's so much more that needs to be done, but like, yeah, it's a good start. Ciao! Yes, we gotta get to work. There's more to be done. So thank you so much, Billy and Christine, for today. You have helped me navigate through the world of womanhood. And I feel so empowered. So thank you for just being here with me and just take me into the arms of womanhood. <laughs> thank you. Yes, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having the both of us on here. Mm-hmm. This has been so much fun. Yes, it's so fun. I I feel like I've learned so much from both of you. Like y'all made some good points today. <laughs> So the next time we hang out, we should all come together, and Christine and Philip can show us some moves, and we will all learn together. Oh, I'd be down. I'm gonna bring my I'll good heels. <laughs> we'll we'll bring all our good heels, honey. Mm-hmm. And well, thank you for being such a great host. Yeah. Thank you. You you both have been such a great uh, guest today. And for those who are listening, I hope that you actually enjoyed listening to us and also enjoyed the points. And whatever that we say here is to really bring out our our own sort of like opinions and also our own experiences about womanhood and also women in general. So if you need to do more research on your own, do so, and you know, really go into it with full force and full of empathy. So thank you so much for coming here and listening to us today, and we hope that you have a great day, week, or year ahead. So until next time, bye. Cheers.